welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. I am your host, as ever, Daniel. The first week of 2021 in the wrestling world is done. It's done. It only seems like a few days ago we were previewing it, but Jesus Christ, no offense. What an amazing first week it was. Some of the matches which we're going to talk about today on the show were just incredible. I mean, we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about um, the New Year's. New Year, let me get this right because there was New Year's Evil, New Year's Dash, New Year's Smash. We're going to be talking about all of them. We're going to talk about New Year's Smash in particularly, and we're going to get into into a little bit of detail what happened on SmackDown um, on Friday night. But yeah, so I'm glad. Just want to say thanks to everyone who checked out our Wrestle Kingdom 15 coverage. Um, we did the preview show last Saturday night. We did um, night one and night two, pretty much like what about six, seven hours after the show's finished. So yeah, appreciate everyone who gave that a listen. Quite happy with the um, views that we had, um, certainly on the podcast section on those. I mean, looking back, that Jay White Colt Rebuji match. I mean, if you listen to the night two episode, you'll <laughs> you'll know how much I rated that match. And looking back now, I've had sometimes when you have a few days to like sort of look back you realise how great that match was. I mean, that is the match that lives long in the memory. That is the match that we're um, going to remember from Wrestle Kingdom 15, undoubtedly for me, um, the match of the week. Um, the Jay White promo after. I don't think I touched on it. I might have done, actually, but pretty sure I hadn't seen that promo at the time of recording. Wow. Jay White with one of the promos of the year. You need to go and check that promo out. It was just just incredible promo. Incredible promo. I mean, the that's basically the news we're going to touch on to open the show. I mean, the rumour is, I don't know if you I think WrestleVotes touched on it. WrestleVotes usually are... Was it WrestleVotes? WrestleVotes touched on it. Um, the, the Super Jcast touched on it. And they are two pretty reliable, usually, do you know what I mean, reliable sources. And they've said that Jay White, it's 50-50 on whether he will stay with New Japan or indeed sign with the WWE, um, who are very keen on his services. Which is no surprise, after his performance at Wrestle Kingdom, he was absolutely insane in the promo afterwards. I mean, as, as a fan of, well, someone who's become a fan over the years of Jay White, <laughs> if you go back into our um, podcast annals, whatever you want to call it, a few years ago after he won the title, I would have been bitching and complaining about that. But since then, since his match with Okada at MSG, since his, to be honest, his work after coming back after the pandemic has just been absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I've become a big fan of Jay White. Now, I do think he would be suited for WWE. I mean. He's great on the mic. It's just a shame. He's that good on the mic. You don't really want him wasted on scripted promos. I don't want him to leave New Japan. I think he needs to stay in New Japan for another couple of years, career-wise. But obviously, you don't know what he's thinking. I mean, he lives in New Zealand, so he's flying out of his own country and living somewhere else each time. So maybe he's thinking, look, if I'm going to live in a foreign country, I want to live in America. It might not be the ideal time right now what's going on, but maybe he wants to live in America. Maybe he wants to work for WWE. A lot of people, he's a couple, he's like what? I think he's like three years younger than me. He'll have grown up with WWE as the number one company, and I'm assuming he's grown up watching WWE, because in New Zealand, I don't think people in New Zealand would have been particularly watching the indies as much. Do you know what I mean? So he's probably grown up with WWE, 
it could for all we know. I'm sure I've heard an interview though where he said he it wasn't actually like something that he particularly felt he needed to do, but it, it's all well and good saying that. If I'm him, I'm going to use the WWE interest to just get a better deal out of New Japan. Stay with New Japan for a couple of years, yeah? Get yourself in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom next year, maybe the year after, and then you're only young, what is he, 26, 27? When, you, when he's 30, then he can make his move. That is exactly what I'd do anyway, but I'm not him. Um, so yeah, I think he'd do great wherever he went. I can't believe there's not been any interest from AEW. I mean, I don't think they particularly need him, and I don't think that Although it'd be great to see him cut promos in AEW because you basically get the freedom. Um, it, there's that many top stars in New J- in um, AEW. I'm not sure if he's really needed. Whereas in New Japan, he can be a star. WWE, I were going to say, they're definitely not crying out for a heel, but they're crying out for a star. And yeah, I don't know. Can you see what Drew McIntyre versus Jay White? Don't particularly. I tell you what, 10 years ago when John Cena was top babyface in the company, that would have been a great thing to see. John Cena, top babyface versus top heel Jay White. I really feel like that would have been a great little feud. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see what happens on that. I mean, obviously with the news after Wrestle Kingdom that Jay White, I mean, that Japan are going into a lockdown, that basically sort of messes up plans for New Japan going forward, although they are still planning on running the shows, whether or not they'll be able to have an audience is another matter, but I wouldn't say I'd expect Jay White to return to New Zealand for a few months, take a few months off, but is he going to be able to? Who knows? Um, so yeah, I think he'll stay with New Japan. Gun to my head, I think he's going to be, this time next year, if you say to me, where's Jay White going to be? It's probably in one of the top matches at Wrestle Kingdom 16, which hopefully I'll be at. Um, so yeah, although there's a lot of rumours going about at the moment, I do expect him to stay with New Japan. But of course, that that might you never know what someone's thinking, especially with what's going on. He might think, right, let's go to WWE, let's get a big money contract. Um, but we'll see, we will see. Um, I might, while we're on New Japan, there's nothing really... I said we were going to be talking about New Year's Dash. There's not actually that much to talk about coming out of the show. There wasn't any big angles on the show. They just basically... Subtly, I can't even say the word. They basically just got together the matches going um, forward, heading towards spring that they're going to be doing probably on the new beginning tour. So we got they sort of built up. Um, they built up Hiromu versus. I've not got any notes on this, so off the top of my head, it was Hiromu and Show. Nice to see Show looking like he's going to get a singles push. Hiromu v Show will be a really good junior heavyweight match, and the one that I'm particularly looking forward to, Shingo against. Tanahashi, that is going to be a great match, an absolutely great match, I'm really, really excited for that one, for the Never Open Weight title, and looks like Zack and Taichi are going to be carrying on feuding with G.O.D., looks like maybe Okada versus Evil, which I'm not against, I think that'll be a nice little feud, um, yeah, that'll be a decent little feud um, going forward, um, and yeah, that's pretty much obviously a Bushi Sonata, which we touched on on part one of the show. There wasn't any like real great matches that I'd say you need to go out of your way to see, but I did enjoy what they did with Suzuki. Um, I can't, was it Umimura? I think it was Umimura. They sort of laid the line of like maybe a feud between those two. Um, obviously, you, they don't really tend to do feuds with um, the young boys, but who knows? I'd like they look really good together in the ring, and Umimura is going to be a star, I think, in a few years' time. 
Um, but yeah, that well, that was it. New Year's Dash wasn't particularly... I think with the uncertainty going forward in Japan, they didn't really want to have it an angle-heavy show. Um, so yeah, so that was basically the open story. Jay White looking potentially to be going to WWE, although, as I have said, I expect him to stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we're going to actually change what we're talking about here. We're going to talk about, for me, was... It wasn't the show of the week, but it was just it, out of the WWE shows and out of the AEW shows. This New Year's Smash show was just this was a show that is reminding us why we why why we love pro wrestling. I mean, especially in 2021, because this show was just the angle at the end of it. I mean, I'm not going to run through. I will touch on the other things that happened on the show, but there's only one place to start, and that is the Kenny Omega versus Ray phoenix match that main advantage of the show for the AEW world title this match was it was different to what we've been seeing at the tokyo dome this was just for me it was like a better version of the hiromu against ishimori match um with two more seasoned workers particularly omega i mean it was just a fantastic fantastic match they went all out it went about i think it went 20 minutes which I'm more than happy with that they gave him 20 minutes. Phoenix and buzzing for him, he made himself, showed everyone that he is indeed an absolute star. He's going to be, for me, I just think, I know he gets a lot of comparisons with Rey Mysterio, and rightly so. He's the best guy from Mexico that you've seen since Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero for me. Fuck Del Rio, he's just, he, he, he's incredible. The stuff he can do is incredible, and he should be at the top at the top of this card. If he's not going to be a tag team champion with Pentagon, have him go for the TNT title. Have him be a TNT champion because in this match, he was just... He was crazy. He was crazy. Some of the stuff that they were doing was just like... Just incredible, incredible stuff. JR put it best. He was like, this is exactly what pro wrestling is in 2021. I thought, JR, you little bastard. You just... I don't know. I'm not sure if it would have been JR's sort of match, but hey, it was just, you need to go out your way to see. I think Meltzer gave it five stars. So, yeah, he clearly loved it. What a week he's he's had. He's been giving everything five stars. He gave um, Jay White Abushi 5.25. He gave um, Osprey against Okada 5.25. Five stars for Tashingo against Jeff Cobb. And five stars to Naito against Ibushi. So, yeah, he's had a great week by the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, this match, it's no joke. This is, I'm trying to think, the best matches in Dynamite history, it certainly was one of them. For me, I did love the uh, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page tag team match against the Lucha Brothers. So Kenny and Ray Phoenix were involved in that match as well. I think it was like last February, March time, just before the pandemic properly hit. Um, go and check that out. It was Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending the tag titles against the Lucha Brothers. It was an incredible match. Um, other matches that have been great, obviously the Cody Brody Lee dog collar match was great. Um, yeah, Pack versus Omega around that time as well. Around the time of the tag title match was great as well. But yeah, this match just go out of your way to see it. It might even get overshadowed by the angle that came after the match um, because after Kenny Omega retained the title in this incredible match. We get an absolutely fantastic angle. I mean, if this angle was in front of a live crowd, sorry to harp on about if it was in front of a live crowd, it would have been better. It was still great, but in front of that live crowd, this would have been 
this would have been just one of the great one of the great angles of of the decade it would have been i think in 9 years time we would have looked back on this i mean what happens is basically um so the match is about to the ma- after the match has happened yeah basically don callis gets word from the back that um pack and pen are going to be beaten down by eddie kingston um they're about and they're going to end ray phoenix while this is happening so Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade it was, they was um, taking out Pac and Pentagon. So that I like how that, in WWE, would they ex- explain why the babyface isn't getting any help? No, but AW went to the trouble of showing us why he wasn't getting any help. But John Moxley's music hit, and he came to the ring with a barbed wire bat, struck Omega, but then out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, the good brothers, Gallows and Anderson from Impact, come out, and they beat down Moxley. They Kenny Omega smashing him with a barbed wire bat. We get eventually um, some of the AEW wrestlers from ringside come in, try to make the save. Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. They get beat down. And loads of other uh, the wrestlers come into the ring. They get beat down. The books come out. Oh, it was fantastic. And we're thinking, oh, who are the books going to side with? They look very reluctant. But as Griff Garrison is about to get back in the ring and try and get at the Good Brothers. Super kick. I think it was Matt Jackson super kicked Griff Garrison. Um, and yeah, for an interesting note, by the way, Nick Jackson couldn't do a super kick because in the earlier match on the show, um, it did look like Nick Jackson thought that he had broken his leg um, from impact from one of the um, top rope moves from Jack Evans. Doesn't look to be the case at the moment, but we'll keep you updated on that. Hopefully, um, Nick Jackson is all right because they are going to be in action this week. Um on the Dynamite show that is happening on a Wednesday night. But, um, so yeah, the show goes off air with the Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, Kenny Omega and Don Callis, two sweeting in the ring. Jesus Christ, what an angle. What a match. Yeah, the fans would have been going crazy. This was one of the best things that AEW have done in their short history. Just absolutely fantastic booking. And it was just a hot way to... Um, to end the show, I was on a high. What a week in wrestling it was last week. Seriously, really, really good. I mean, some other stuff on the show that we'll touch on um, was the show opened with the Bucks teaming up with SCU against the Acclaimed and Jack Evans and Angelico. Um, the Bucks get the win in this one. Um, they did like a SCU did a promo after the match where they're basically saying that they know they said. Um, that they're going to, as soon as they lose a match, they're going to split up, but that is not going to be anytime soon, and they're always going to have the Young Bucks back for the time being, apart from when they challenge the Young Bucks. Now, if you've not seen any of the work between these two, these the Young Bucks and SCU is basically the big feud before AW started back in 2018 in Ring of Honor, and um, there were some great matches, um, so go out and check them out, they had a really good ladder match, might have been at, um, the, I, mean, I feel like it was at a Manhattan Mayhem, back in 2018, um, but yeah, let's go and check that out, but, so we're going to get the Bucks versus versus SCU down the line, probably at full gear, I'm thinking full gear, not full gear, sorry, um, what's it called, the Revolution, is that the, uh, Revolution is the March, February pay-per-view in it, so yeah, Revolution, I expect to see that one, speaking of Revolution, John Moxley was out next, he has a short but sweet promo, says that he's not going to complain, He's not going to get in the way of Phoenix's destiny and interfere in the match later on, which he didn't. He came out after. But one day, him and Kenny will come eye to eye, and Kenny Omega has messed with the wrong guy. So they're going to have their rematch at some point. Um, 
and I'm fully expecting to be in about six weeks at Revolution. Um, the thing is, though, with that, obviously, it's going to be hard to make to convince us that Moxley's just going to win the belt back. So it wouldn't make much sense. So I'm thinking at that pay per view, they're probably going to have to have some of the big matches on the show um, because, well. It makes sense, doesn't it, for Moxley to have a rematch with Omega, but there's going to be no expectations or hope that Moxley is going to win that match. Um, other news on the show. Yes, Trent. Trent is out for four to five months. I've got in my notes here, Miro is dressed like a twat, um, which he was. But, um, yeah, so basically, Chuck, Chucky T challenges um, Miro for next week, and if Chuck loses, he's going to be Miro's young boy until the wedding next month. Um, see, I'm not sure why he took that challenge, but that'll be interesting next week. Um, we also got Jake Hager versus Wardlow. It was a nice match. It wasn't a pretty match. Um, it, it was fine. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. And I just I just like the fact there was no fucking about. They weren't going to... I was thinking, who are they going to have win this match? Wardlow. Wardlow is the future and Hager isn't. It's as simple as that. So you have Wardlow go over Jake Hager. You don't need a stupid count-out finish, a DQ finish, like they would have done in WWE. Great booking. Wardlow gets the wins. They respect each other. Do the fist bump and that's perfect. Absolutely perfect booking. Um, and we had MJF planting the seeds for a friendship with Hager. He's slowly getting at the group. He's got... Um, Proud and powerful, I think they called him LAX on his side as well now. He's friends with them, and now he's friends with Jake Hager. Um, we had the Darby Allen Brian Cage weigh-in. Nothing really to write home about here. Um, Sting came down, and they did a stare down. Just as Darby Allen, Darby Allen said that it's not a nine-month feud. It's a 27 years in the making. He's been waiting for this match next week. And just as I thought he's going to cut a promo of a lifetime, Sting's music here, and they do the stare down. Sting needs to physically get involved with this next week and I think he will I think he will I think Tony Khan's not stupid next week on the show I do think Sting will get physically involved um, after the Darby Allen Brian Cage main event next week um, let's have a look what else did we have we had oh obviously we had Cody against Matt Seidel with Snoop Dogg yes yeah, Snoop Dogg as Cody's coach they mix Snoop Dogg's music with Cody's music I thought this was great I mean I heard a lot of people saying they didn't think the match was good I disagreed. I thought it was a really, really good match. I thought Sidal looked really good. Um, and I just wasn't expecting it to be as good as this. They gave Sidal a lot. I thought he looked really good. And um, there was plenty of near falls. And they they had basically um Cody accidentally hits a pentaco to lay the foundations what happened after the match. So after Cody gets the win, um basically Serpentico and Luther attack. And basically Sidal and Cody, they um get the upper hand on them and they call Snoop Dogg comes into the ring and does the Snoop splash from the top rope it was brilliant because it was so bad he goes knee first right into Serpentico but it was great it was great seeing Snoop Dogg it was just a great moment Snoop Dogg splashing someone Cody and uh, Sidala holding him down and yeah it was great I mean I seen Ariel it was Ariel one he was saying that oh if WWE would have done less people would have complained I wouldn't have complained for it was great do you know what I mean if you if you're going to get a celebrity involved on the, on the level of Snoop Dogg, do you know what I mean? Perfect. It's perfect. They're promoting their uh, big, what, that big show thing that they're doing. It was all over the ring aprons. And yeah, this went in it. I mean, it got a lot of attention. Sasha Banks, interesting enough, commented on one of the uh, AEW tweets, which was it's always interesting to see. And yeah, I was laughing out loud. He's bowing down to Jericho and Jericho's on the commentary booth. And um, yeah, it was great. He walks over and he gives Jericho a hug. It was just great to see. 
great to see. I loved. I really loved the show. New Year's Smash. Apart from the Hikaru Shida Abaddon match, which was okay at best, but they need to do some of the women's division. Hashtag sign Tessa Blanchard, but yeah. Um, apart from that, everything on the show was great. So go out your way to check out New Year's Smash Night One. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing a proper review of night two on the upcoming show on Thursday night. So look out for that. This is just basically a run through of everything. Just basically, we're tying the bow on that crazy first week in wrestling of 2021. I probably said 2020 at the start of the show, but hey. Um, next week on Dynamite, on night two of New Year's Smash, we've got another really stacked card. Um, we've got the main event is Darby Allen defending the TNT title against Brian Cage. We've got Pac versus Eddie Kingston, um, Jurassic Express, not with Luchasaurus, but with Marco Stunt against um, FTR. The Elite are in action, which is going to be really interesting after the uh, main event angle, and we'll see if Nick Jackson can work. Um, and yeah, we've got the waiting room with Cody, so the inner circle doing the New Year's resolution, so that's going to be a stacked dynamite yet again this week. We've got NWA Women's Title Match, Serena D versus Tayonara Conti. So yeah, really, really good looking Dynamite coming ahead on Wednesday night. And I'm looking forward to that. I think it's already been taped, you know. So, has it been taped? I think it has been taped. I think it's already been taped. So, we will know. We should really know by now if Nick Jackson work. I'm guessing he didn't. If he only had a day, I'm guessing he didn't. But if you've not seen Dynamite, go ahead and check it out. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the final segment of the show which is we're going to be talking the ratings and we're going to be talking about Smackdown and a little bit of NXT Hello, back on the show, and as I said just before the break, we're going to be talking the ratings, NXT, and SmackDown. So let's get into it, let's get into it. Now, I have winged most of the show. Yeah, I'm going to take you behind the curtain, I've winged most of the show, because I don't really have many notes today. But, hey, let's, I've got one note I do have, is the ratings from Wednesday night. And obviously, with what went on with um, all, well, the Trump protesters, what's storming, the building on um, Wednesday night, then everyone was tuning into the news, not sure why anyone would want to watch the news, because it's something I really just can't work out why anyone would watch the news, but it was a big story, and that showed in the ratings, I mean, normally we get a total of 1.5 million viewers for these Wednesday night wars, give or take a couple of hundred thousand, and this week, they had to share 1.3 million, so 200,000 people by the looks of it were taken out of the overall viewing figures by the news, because the, well, I can't think of anything else that it would have been. 200,000 people decided, we're not watching wrestling, we're going to watch the news. And that showed, I mean, before I thought it was going to be tough to see who actually had the more viewers, because the NXT show on paper was stronger than the Dynamite show. It really was, it was a takeover level card. It didn't quite pan out quality-wise like that. Um, but in the ratings, AW, I think for them it's great, because AW got 662,000 viewers, beat NXT by 21,000 viewers as they had 641,000. So it was a good win for AEW because, as I say, the NXT show had the better... New Year's Evil had the better card on paper. It was a takeover level show, and I thought NXT might just shade 
the viewers this week, but they didn't. Obviously, if this would have been, say, like you would expect it, it would have been, say, I don't know, 800,000 viewers for AEW and 760,000 viewers for NXT. People wouldn't be saying anything, but it was a bizarre week. It was a big news week. Um, so, yeah, it was always going to take out viewers, and that is exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, AEW will be happy with that victory, and I would expect AEW to smash NXT in the ratings this week. Yeah, I, like, I really do. Um, but we'll see if that prediction comes true. So, NXT, NXT, I mean, the show, as I say, it wasn't... We lost the Champa and Thatcher fight pit match, which is a shame. That would have been really good um, due to Thatcher having an injury. That's going to be rearranged. Um, the Damian Priest Killer Cross match did not deliver. Killer Cross went over Damian Priest clean. I'm going to be honest. I thought Killer Cross looked pretty poor in this match. He's obviously just come back from his big injury, but I'm struggling to see what all the hype's about. I have seen some of his work. I've seen him in Bloodsport, seen him in Impact, and he never really thought it was all right, but he never really was like screamed like, wow, this guy's going to be a star at me. I mean, he's got the great entrance, yeah. He's got Scarlet Bordeaux, <laughs> the lucky bastard. But not sure what a lot if he's got a lot else going for him. But we'll see. I'm going to remain on the fence until now. But he beat Damian Priest. Damian Priest, as you all know, looks like to be getting called up to the main roster. Um, there was a rumor going around that he was actually meant to interfere in the Roman Reigns Kevin Owens angle and become the friend of Kevin Owens, which makes no sense. And luckily, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns both nixed the idea um on the show i mean the show we we got a few little like impromptu matches with like johnny gargano teaming up with his wife against um kushida and shotzi blackheart which was just like mm. and look we got a squash match um and it was just like ugh, a squash match i can't think of it even the what we're not well i can't even think of the name zaylee Z- is it zaylee um she had a squash match it just took away a little bit from the show but the two real positives from this show and um, we are getting a women's tag team classic, Dusty Rolls women's tag team classic, which is great because NXT has got the strongest roster of women anywhere in the world right now. So I'm looking forward to that in the upcoming weeks. Um, Rhea Ripley faced Raquel Gonzalez, Rachel Gonzalez, whatever, um, in a really good, really brutal last man's last woman standing, last man standing, whatever you want to call it, match. And that also looks set. Rhea Ripley's duel imminently, as we said last month on the main roster, probably going to be at the Royal Rumble. They had a brutal match. Raquel Gonzalez went over clean. And yeah, Damien Priest, Rhea Ripley both lost, Is which is what you're going to do when you're leaving the territory, as it were. Main event was a very, very strong match. I think I went four stars on this one. It was Finn Balor against Kyle O'Reilly. It wasn't as long as their previous match, but I did. I think I almost enjoyed it maybe as much. I mean, the work in it was great. They both had each other trying to inflict the injury that each person received in the last match. Like, Balor was trying to give O'Reilly a broken jaw, which was just really, really, it was good. Really good work. Um, Finn Balor won the match clean. And, yeah, it was a really good main event to him. And a watchable show. It was watchable. It wasn't a very good show, but this made the show. And, yeah, another really good match to start the week. Um, right, we're going to finish the show on SmackDown. I watched SmackDown last night. We're all over the place today, aren't we? Flying about everywhere. SmackDown on, flip it up, Marine versus Tottenham has kicked off. Marine versus Tottenham, a match I never thought I'd see. Flipping any football fans out there? Do you see Crawley against Leeds? 3-0 Crawley. Crazy result. Um, 
Anyway, anyway, back to SmackDown. So it 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 was a decent show, a decent show. Um, Big E and Apollo had a match for the Intercontinental Title, which was it was all right. It was good for two big men. Yeah, it was really. I enjoyed this match. I mean, they double pinned each other, so the match got restarted. Um, and then Biggie went on to win, but it's still because you had Apollo saying that he should have won that the original match before um, they restarted it. It really, do you know what I mean? It kept Apollo looking strong, and I enjoyed the two work well together. I wouldn't mind a rematch maybe at the Rumble. Um, so yeah, Biggie retained the Intercontinental title. The other title on the line was the tag titles, and Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler won the tag titles from the Street Profits. After the match, they beat their ass and throw them out of the ring. Um, Street Profits are probably going to get a rematch because the story was that Montez Ford was injured from the beatdown last week. Um, so, yeah, I expect to see Rude and Ziggler versus the Street Profits added to the Royal Rumble, if I'm honest. Um, we also got Sonya Deville, looks set to be hired as Adam Pierce's assistant. They were like the main things on the show other than the big angle, which we're going to lead with. And that was the... <laughs> I woke up Saturday morning... And Adam Pearce was trending on Twitter. And I was like, Roman Reigns versus Adam Pearce for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Nobody was expecting that one, was they? We've got Roman Reigns versus Adam Pearce and Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. Did anyone hear, by the way, that Drew Goldberg came out saying that Drew McIntyre, this is on Raw, completely different. Goldberg came out, yeah, and saying that Drew McIntyre was being disrespectful to the legends. But Drew McIntyre was supposed to cut a promo where he was disrespectful to the legends. But, because they were short on time, they cut Drew off with Goldberg's music. So you had Goldberg. Goldberg is giving Drew shit about something that he said that he never even said. Jesus Christ. Talk about the stick into the script and there's just damn right stupidity. But yeah, the other two title matches at the Rumble, McIntyre Goldberg, which I'm fine with, and Pierce Roman, which I'm probably fine with. Um, yeah, the Rumble, the Rumble, Royal Rumble pay-per-view, it's always been sort of filler feud slash matches. Um, it's usually all about the Royal Rumble matches. I mean, the two interesting matches are probably not going to be great matches, but we've also got those two and the Royal Rumbles. Me and Tebs, I think, are going to be doing a Royal Rumble preview like we did last year, so be sure to check out that in the coming weeks in your podcast feed. Um, but yeah, the main story on the show, like we said, they had a long Roman promo to start the show. It was a little bit boring, if I'm honest, and I usually love these Roman Reigns promos. Um but yeah, it sets up the story for later on where there's a gauntlet match between Rey Mysterio, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Daniel Bryan and Nakamura. Adam Pearce obviously gets added. But the story, that they use these gauntlet matches usually to make someone. They did it with Seth Rollins, if you remember, on the first proper like gauntlet match on around this time of year back in 2018. Rollins got really over during that match heading into WrestleMania 34 where I think he beat Roman clean. He beat someone else clean, but then he lost maybe to Corbin. Mm, I'm not sure. But he did. He got over during that. They did it the year after, where Kofi Kingston got over. Well, he was already over, but they, he went through everyone in that gauntlet match. And they used this. They seem to use these gauntlet matches as their chance to get someone over. And they did here. Because Nakamura, after Mysterio pinned Sami Zayn in a matter of seconds, Nakamura pinned Rey Mysterio, pinned Baron Corbin... And then pinned a fresh Daniel Bryan. So yeah, 
looks like he shook Nakamura shook hands with Daniel Bryan after the match, which is great to see. I'd love a few between these two. Just like, just go out there and have a killer match. Have these two face at WrestleMania. If you're not going to go with Brian Roman, um, which I'd sooner see. Everyone thinks Brian's winning this Rumble. I don't mind seeing it, but I'd sooner see it, I think, in front of fans. Sooner see Brian win the Rumble in front of fans and Brian v. Roman at WrestleMania in front of fans. But if he can't do it like that, then I suppose I'll just be happy to see the Brian-Roman feud, which really should have happened absolutely years ago. I mean, they had that match at Fastlane, is it Fastlane? Back in 2015, where they needed Roman to beat Brian heading into the Lesnar match at Mania, um, just to basically kill that dead in the water, because everyone wanted Brian in that match against Lesnar at Mania 31 instead of Roman. Um, so they had to do it a few tricks where Brian was acting a little bit heelish in that match, and yeah. But, yeah, Nakamura beats Mysterio, beats Corbin, beats Daniel Bryan, then gets fucked over because... Adam Pearce is on his way out to face Nakamura. You think it's a formality. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso out. Super kick. See, this is what I don't get, yeah? The adverts were in between every pinfall. So I actually don't know if they rang the bell to start the next sequence segment of the match. Basically, Jey Uso and Roman beat down Adam, beat down Nakamura, attack Adam Pearce, and then order the ref to ring the bell. But I'm not sure if you actually... You don't ring the bell four or five times during a gauntlet match, do you? I'm pretty sure you don't. So surely it should have been DQ, but it's WWE. They can do what they want, and they do do what they want. And yeah, they throw Adam Pearce on Nakamura, and Adam Pearce gets the pinfall. And Adam Pearce, who hasn't wrestled since 2014, I believe, is going to be facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. I'm a bit happy for Adam Pearce. I used to watch him in Ring of Honor back when I was a big Ring of Honor fan, 2005, 2006. So, yeah, I didn't like the line where Michael Cole said he was never good enough to be in WWE, but I suppose it plays into the storyline. But, yeah, SmackDown, decent show. Biggie Apollo worth seeing. Rude and Ziggler against Street Profits was a title change, so you might want to see that. And the Gauntlet match was a lot of fun. We've got Nakamura over as a babyface. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Nakamura and Roman Reigns probably on those two pay-per-views um, leading into WrestleMania if they do do Fastlane and Elimination Chamber this year. Not sure what the February pay-per-view is this year, but we need to see Nakamura and Roman. Maybe they'll throw it away on a SmackDown to get a decent ratings jump. But yeah, we've run through a lot on this show, haven't we? We've run through a lot today. Um, so yeah, that is the first week of 2021 in wrestling over and done with. And some of the matches we've seen from Jay White and Ibushi, Naito and Ibushi, Cobb and Shingo, Osprey against Okada, Ray Phoenix, Kenny Omega, Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. we got Nakamura going over everyone in a gauntlet match, turning babyface. Probably other matches that I've forgotten about. Snoop Dogg hitting a splash. It's been a crazy first week of 2021 in the pro wrestling world, and I'm all here for it. We're in for an exciting year. Hopefully, by the end of it, we'll have fans back because we really need it. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, follow me on Twitter at WWE. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. Um, find us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. YouTube, search WWE versus AEW. We're about fifth on the list for that search. And yeah, that's it. Apple Podcast, WWE versus AEW. Quick shout out. You might sin if you're subscribed to our feeds, which I'm sure many of you do who are listening. If you're not, make sure you do. But the Movie Chef podcast made its debut. Tebs and Corn reviewed Wonder Woman. 
Um, so make sure you check that out. If you're thinking of watching Wonder Woman, they will tell you whether or not you should go out of your way to watch this film. Um, so, yeah, they will be back this week with another episode in our podcast feed. So, yeah, it's all going on. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, yeah? And, yeah, that's it. I will speak to you at the end of this week to talk about New Year's Smash Night 2. And we might have a little bit of a conversation about what happens on Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, main event in Raw. Another fresh match as we head into 2021. Thanks for listening, everyone.